I, I always share the information when I can. Like I don't leave anything out of the travel guides. If I say that it was hard to get somewhere, I put it in there. If I if I have the exact Google Maps coordinates and I have to share that just to get you guys there, I'll <laughs> yeah. do it. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Big Kid Problems Podcast, Summer Series Edition. So this week, I plan on igniting some wonderlust in all of you because we are talking all about summer travel. Oh, travel. My mom used to say it's the one thing you can spend your money on that actually makes you richer. And for once, I totally agree with her. (laughs) For those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know I'm all about that budget life and saving money, but I found that traveling is just always almost like worth it every time. Um, It just makes you grow as a human. It exposes you to so many new perspectives, cultures, and experiences. And when you travel, it just makes you a more well-rounded, more interesting person to sit across a dinner table from. And some of you may be listening and thinking, well, yeah, I'd love to travel, but some of us have to work or some of us can barely afford our rent or student loans as is. And dude, I totally feel you. The most exotic place I've been to this summer is the Olive Garden for those very same reasons. But I know that if you're waiting around for the perfect time or till when you have more money, this life will slowly pass you by and you risk missing out on the adventures and fun that make life worth living in the first place. So if I have you dreaming about your next adventure now, I have on two guests who are going to teach us all the travel hacks, where to go based on what you're looking for, and how to do it all affordably. I mean, like, now we're talking. Uh, Selena and Jacob Taylor are on the podcast today, and they are the husband and wife duo behind the incredible Find Us Lost travel blog. Seriously, if you want to be inspired to travel the world, just check out their Instagram. It's insane. Uh, I basically trapped them in my apartment and made them share all their favorite tips and tricks for traveling, uh, how they survive on the road together without killing each other, how to get your man to become a good Instagram photographer. And Brandon, you better be listening to this episode. And then they'll share where to go based off of your summer intentions. So if you're single, ready to mingle or looking for the best food, or maybe trying to get off the grid, they are going to help you choose your next adventure. So dust off that passport and get ready for a really fun episode. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the Big Kid Problems podcast summer series special edition. I am sitting now with Selena and Jacob Taylor. They are the couple behind the Find Us Lost blog. You guys may know it. If not, you need to check it out. Selena is the voice behind that one. They have an incredible Instagram account. And I basically just went through it behind before this interview and like now I want to leave my job and travel the world. Uh, so I'm so glad you guys could come. Thanks for being on. Yeah, we're, we're glad to be here. Yes. And um, I mean, it's the middle of summer. Everybody's got some wanderlust. Everybody wants to get away. And I figured it would be really fun to have you guys on. You guys are very experienced travelers <laughs> and you could give us, you know, some some tips and tricks. That's um, an intimidating introduction, I think, right? Yeah. Do yeah. We feel I don't know how much credibility we really have. <laughs> Dude, you guys have traveled the whole world. Like if not you, who? <laughs> <laughs> that's That's fair. Yeah. So I mean, it's crazy that summer's kind of here already. It feels like, I don't know how about you, but I feel like this year came up out of nowhere. And Yeah, 2019 has gone by fast. Yeah, it really has. Um, oh, and can't so, really. It feels like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's the longest year of my life, but go on. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah. So we, you know, we're starting to plan, obviously, um, our fall travel already. But in terms of summer, we try and be ahead of the curve just because usually if we're planning late in the game, you know, June, July, August, things tend to get more expensive. It tends to get busy. So usually if we're planning summer travel, it's around January or February. And we're kind of scouring um, Google Flights, I'd say is probably our favorite tool Mm. to use. Um, You can sign up for alerts when flight prices drop. So that's kind of how we choose when we're going to a specific destination. And you can also indicate um, like flexibility for travel as well too. So that's kind of like our main thing is figuring out the flights and then we kind of start to go from there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I want to like get into your whole, like how you guys pick places, how you like do all of that. But before we even jump into that, like how did you guys get into this as like making this your job? I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah. So we we were living in Los Angeles and I had a full-time job and I really wanted to try living in Europe. So I mm-hmm. kind of worked on worked on Jacob. She for talked quite a while. me into it. Yeah. It took, <laughs> it took a couple of years um to convince him that we needed to kind of like go on a abroad adventure. And yeah. um it was 2016, early 2016 when we decided to do it. And we um I quit my job essentially and we planned a three month road trip before Um, we were deciding to move and that was going to be through Europe and ending in Amsterdam. And then he actually surprised me by proposing the day after we left too. Oh, that's (laughs) so so cute. Turned into an even grander adventure. Yeah, I actually wasn't planning to propose for like a few months. I was going to do in Greece. He was still filling me out. Uh, (laughs) No, it was, I spent one day flying with the ring and I was like, there's no way I'm doing this for another two months. Yeah, like having it in your suitcase. yeah, Yeah, like the stress involved, anxiety, it just wasn't happening. So I did the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I can imagine like that would be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, yeah. So that's how it started. And when we first uh, decided to leave, you know, we had lots of friends asking us, you know, you're going on this grand adventure through Europe. How are you going to keep in touch? Like you should start a blog. And I distinctly remember saying to them, I don't have time to start a blog. Like I want to be traveling, you know? And um, my solution at the time was to start an Instagram account and kind of the rest is history. And the blog developed more naturally after that because I ended up emailing friends anyway, all the itineraries of the places we were going. And yeah, so- it felt like every other day, you know, someone was emailing us like, oh, I'm going to this destination. I know you guys were just there. Can you send us your yeah. tips? And I feel like Selena probably created like her first <laughs> guides in the form of emails to my friends and her, our family. Yeah, and I wanted photos because I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to be sitting there writing emails out. So I yeah. decided, I was like, enough. If I'm doing this, it has to be done right. So that's kind of how... It all got started. That's so wild. And wait, how long have you guys been doing it now? So it's three years, actually. Um, yeah, three years, like almost as of last month. month. Yeah, yeah, this is like the three-year anniversary of our blog. <sighs> it's so awesome. And like everybody listening, I cannot emphasize this enough. Like go on their Instagram, look at the photos. And then this video that you guys have on your website now, I'm like, I'm literally like in tears because I'm not a travel blogger. Like it is incredible. <laughs> and I know when we talk about like, travel blogging. And I always wonder this, and I know you guys listening are thinking the same thing that I am. Like, how did you make this your job? Like, how do you actually like get paid to travel the world? Yeah. So it's a question I get a ton, which makes sense because I honestly sometimes still ask people the same thing too, if they're doing something different than us, but it sounds similar, but I'd say it's a really good combination between trying to figure out, you know, what long-term, um, you know, consistent income you can drive and then what short-term jobs you can drive. So short-term would be like, you know, if we get hired from a hotel to do content creation or we work with the tourism board and they're paying us to promote a destination, which is kind of the dream job still for us too, is like, that's our favorite type of jobs. You know, if we're doing a sponsored blog post, a sponsored Instagram post, what else would would be like an ad hoc project that we're- Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it'll be- content creation where we're making videos or photos specifically for a company, a brand, or a tourism board. Mm-hmm. Other times it's about doing collaborations and promotions. And now with the blog, you're starting to monetize the blog and create kind of a steady income stream. Yeah. I think our that. focus last year was, you know, we had so many projects that we took on and it was great, but it's, you know, you never know the consistency of income. And so behind the scenes, I've always kind of been working on the blog, but more and more I'm trying to develop it into more of like a long-term thing. And there's you know, a lot of uh, opportunity there to work through like affiliate income, you know, for example, like I put my, my favorite sites I'll recommend on there, like booking.com is great for planning travel because you can cancel with like no penalties. So that's the site I usually use to book our own travel. 
integrated in our blog and we can make an affiliate income if someone's clicking on that. So yeah. that we sell presets as well too. We developed photography presets, mm-hmm. or I should say I developed them. He's really colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you wouldn't <laughs> want my presets. <laughs> it's like everything's black and white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or pink. I have a tendency to color things pink without knowing it. You've got rose colored glasses Apparently. permanently. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And it's crazy too that you guys kind of like fell into this and did you did anybody like teach you how to do this or you just kind of figured it out on your own no it was i it was we definitely did you teach me no (laughs) definitely not yeah it it was i think a combination of good timing and then honestly just like naturally leaving to do this three-month adventure ourselves yeah engaging with other people it was when instagram was in my mind too like at its best you know people were really discovering like the ability to kind of connect with other people when they're traveling, you know, and maybe they're on the road and they would never have met this person before. And we actually, funny enough, met a lot of our friends, even when we moved Mm -hmm. to Europe through Instagram. And I never thought I would say that. It sounds, it still sounds creepy, but it's, it's weird when you have that like one degree of removal and you end up meeting people that way. So I think we just, you know, we started this adventure and people were excited about it and we were excited about it. That just kind of showed through. And and I'd also say like, it was a process. Like it definitely was not you know, six months in, it didn't feel like we had everything figured out at yep. all. That's very um, true. We still it, don't. Yeah. Like yeah. Every, every bit of it, building the site, figuring out how to do video, figuring out how to work with tourism yeah. boards, negotiating contracts. You have to be willing to teach yourself a lot. Yeah. yeah. To learn a lot. And, and knowing sure. that you're probably going to mess a lot of it up. <laughs> and that's okay. I still do that all the time. I'm like, oops, <laughs> shouldn't assign that. Um, okay. No, that's so cool. And it's the whole thing is like fascinating to me, but since you guys travel so, so much, I thought it would be really fun to get you on here for my summer series. And I know you already mentioned Google flights. Like I kind of want to hear, oh my God, I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we start? Yeah. Where do we start? Um, okay. Like when you are planning a trip, so when you, like you said, you mentioned Google flights, like, will you train your plan your trip around like what's the most budget friendly or like, how do you even go about like the planning process? You know, it changes constantly because sometimes a job will bring us somewhere and, you know, maybe it's like, for example, we, we actually, India was at the top of our list and uh, we ended up having to go there actually for a different conference. And so we extended the trip and expanded it from there. And that worked out really nicely. But other times it's just like, there's a place we want to go. And we, you know, we know that it's going to be, maybe the flights are pricier. Maybe something is, um, you know, we, we anticipate it's going to be high. Maybe it's yeah. a hotel that we want to stay at or something. So we always plan. Yeah. That way. And I think we'll be really flexible about dates because mm. oftentimes certain dates will just have much better pricing mm. than other dates. And then the other thing we'll do a lot of that Selena is actually really good at is the within the same country, the logistics of flying from different places and what is the most economical way to get around. Like within India, we had so many flights and trains and she did a bunch of research to figure out what exactly was the most efficient and cheapest way to hit all the cities we wanted to visit. But it's also about traveling in the off season, I think. You know, so mm-hmm. many people are starting to do that more like shoulder season and traveling in, you know, May, September, even October. We were in the Greek islands last year and it was just like, it felt like we had the island to ourselves. Yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, it's cheaper being, and better. Yeah. Being, being able to be flexible in that way makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned like you could set price alerts for your flights, but I don't think I've ever heard of that for hotels. Did you? So the way I usually work with booking.com is, you know, if I can't make a decision because I'm still indecisive and our plans change so frequently. So you can set or you can book something on booking.com. And as long as you're good about reviewing, you know, their terms, you can set like a reminder on your calendar, noting which day it's going to essentially charge you. So you don't have to pay till a certain date Uh, in some cases. And then you could cancel with no penalty in in some situations. You just need to essentially read the fine print. But if you're familiar mm -hmm. with one booking system and you know that you're looking for a deal and you can even bookmark that on your your web browser. It's easy to kind of go back and check those things. So we definitely work with that uh, with Airbnb. Sometimes we'll actually message the host if we want to stay for a week and ask them for a discount. Mm-hmm. And I'd say four to five times. Usually they'll actually give us a discount if it's a for sure. week stay. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean it, a lot of it, and it depends how competitive of a city it is for something like Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even for uh, this trip to France, we're doing we message two hosts on Airbnb and both offered pretty significant discounts. And it's mid-July. I mean, it's like peak season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. It's so interesting. Would you guys say you mostly do hotels or Airbnbs? 
Ooh, it's that's a good question. I think it's it's half and half. It really depends yeah. where we're going, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't we like I said, we did India and I just did Vietnam and I didn't really gravitate towards Airbnbs for that, mostly because there were also some great experiences through hotels we wanted to do. But a lot of times, you know, when we did our road trip in Europe, we did so many Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. It was almost all Airbnbs. Yeah. And I feel like when you're traveling through Europe in particular, a lot of those smaller towns, you get to experience them in a different way when you're at an Airbnb compared to a hotel. Mm, totally. Especially yeah. the Greek islands. Yeah. Like we found, I think probably our favorite stay we've ever done in Santorini yeah. was an Airbnb. We also had like an Airbnb in Dubrovnik um, in Croatia that was on the old fort walls. The ramparts. In the ramparts. And you, I mean, the hotels there were insane, insane cost. And this place yeah. just like, the photos were very unassuming, but as soon as I read that it had access to the ramparts, it blew our minds and we were able to watch sunset with no one else around too. So you kind of have to just be willing to dig through that info to find yeah. what might not be the most popular, but still has great access or great views. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Speaking of like being willing to dig through the research, like I'm curious, like what other research tools you use? Cause like, I, I find it so hard. Like I am just like not a logistics person, like in general, like I find it hard to like do anything, but like, it just can get so confusing because there's so much out there. So mm-hmm. like, are, do you have like some go-to favorites that you use? Uh, ooh. I don't know. Well, don't, don't look favorite. at me because I don't plan <laughs> any of our trips. I'm like you. Like I make, I make. Yeah, it stresses like, me yeah. out. I, when I'm on the plane, I'll start to ask them like, so where are we going? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's true. He does do that. <laughs> where, where are we staying tonight? He's very flexible. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's hard to even pinpoint what a place like enters my radar, but I feel like it's usually at this point, you know, sometimes the inspiration will even come from a photo I've seen. Pinterest mm-hmm. or someone else has shared and I'll look deeper into a destination and usually go from there. Um, I tend to gravitate more towards places that aren't as popular, but at the same time, I recognize like Europe is kind of our bread and butter. I think both of us always end up back and gravitating towards Europe. Yeah. My, my father's Dutch, my mom's Greek, and I just grew up going there. So it's kind of one of our favorite places. And we always feel like it's easy to travel because you can really go from country to country and make a longer trip out of it. So yeah. Yeah. And everything's so close together and the transportation's great. Yeah. Um, That is the nice part about Europe. It's like you get more bang for your buck. Like if you're there, like you can really mm -hmm. like see a bunch of stuff. Um, Everything is close together. Um, Aside from like well, we talked a little about flying Google flights. Like, do you ever use, um, cause this was a big thing that helped me travel was like getting a credit card that also had like travel points. Do you guys like utilize that? Or are you kind of like go with whatever is, um, cheapest? You take this one. Yeah. Well, Selena's <laughs> smiling at me cause we've been reevaluating our travel credit card. Situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we definitely do. We got a travel credit card uh, before we left on that trip in 2016. And I had one even before that too. Yeah. 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 And it, I mean, not only do we avoid like any foreign transaction fees and it, we also get like insurance on rental cars and it'll insure our flights in case like there's a weather or cancellation, but then we use those points to book hotels. So like this, we're doing a little weekend trip this weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. And we booked a hotel with our points and yeah. we'll book flights with points. And if you want to know the cards too, you have the it's Chase. The, yeah, the Chase Sapphire Reserve, but the preferred is also And great. I have the Capital One card. And we we actually were just talking about this a week ago because we, we want to combine. But at the same time, I know it's actually great to still keep a card and not technically cancel it because you can still get perks if they ever change their program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they might have, we entered with like a great, you know, deal and they, they may not offer that in the future. So it's always good to keep that in the background yeah. and like still just pay it off if you can. Yeah. Especially if it's a card that doesn't have an annual fee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Cause then you don't really have to worry too much. So about it, keeping I don't, I don't think we'll actually cancel right away, but I think we might even add another card because we try, try and be more loyal to different like online <laughs> programs as well. Too. Yeah. Did, do either of those cards you mentioned have an annual fee? Uh, yeah, so the Chase Sapphire Preferred, I think, is like $95 a year. Okay, oh, that's the, not bad. It's not too bad. And then the Reserve is 450 a year, but they give you $300 a year in travel credit. So Ooh. it works out more to be closer to 150 a year, and it still comes with a bunch of perks. Like you can get a TSA pre-check for free, yeah. or you can get airport lounges for free. Oh, that's a good one. That's a nice, that's Mm -hmm. a nice perk. Yeah, I'm all about the lounge perk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Okay, other than flights, like what about experiences or, you know, like, will you guys, how do you guys like find experiences? Like when I'm going to a new place, like would you look for 
like festivals or like, how do you kind of, how do you kind of find like the things that you're going to do? Uh, usually, I mean, I'll try and line up with something in advance if we can. It just depends on where we're going. Recently, I, I've actually started to use more and more Pinterest just to honestly look for experiences. Cause sometimes you'll find even people who have shared an experience and you see a photo from it and you're able to kind of track down how they essentially found it. But it's always different. I also like, I think we have the type of travel style where we don't like having a rigid schedule as much. Like we like to be able to operate on our own and be spontaneous. Being be spontaneous. And yeah. I think, you know, and, and we're fortunate to like now having traveled a lot, be close to friends when we're traveling places. So of course we'll try and kind of like line up with them too, to kind of have, I guess you could say more authentic experiences, but like that's, you know, what travel's all about too, is if you can kind of match up with someone. That's so nice. Cause I know it can sometimes be hard to like match up with people. So like when you can, like, that's so awesome. How do you, um, when you're searching Pinterest, like do, what do you like physically type into the search bar? Oh, it depends what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's a really good question. I'll give you a, a good example, I think would be the gorge in France. That oh, the Verdun gorge. So like, how would you research that? I would type in Verdun gorge. <laughs> <laughs> But like, if you're you going to, to a new somewhere. city and you're like, what do I, what do I want to do? Like, what are the must sees? Like, how do you like find cool shit? Honestly, I scour Instagram for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I will go deep on Instagram and I will look through everything. And, and again, like I tend to gravitate towards, you know, um, for instance, like I was just at Vietnam in Vietnam and someone recommended to me this coffee shop that had like an amazing view of this ancient old town. And uh, we were in Hoi An. And I went, I was traveling with a friend for this trip and we went early in the morning to go check it out. And we realized that it was like the place to be. And there were people literally lining up to take photos. And so, you know, we, we sat and had our coffee and we were like, okay, we're out of here. We're going to go find one on our own. And we ended up, you know, just kind of exploring the streets for a couple hours and stumbled on this other place that I happened to just kind of, I was like looking through, you know, Google actually, and just pulled up a restaurant that looked like it had a rooftop view and we sat there for lunch and we were the only ones on the deck. And, you know, it was probably like a five minute walk from the, <sighs> so it's just kind of like, you have to be, you have to, you know, plan ahead, but then also be willing to change. And I think that really matters. Yeah. It's just kind of being resourceful in that way when you're, when you're there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys if you like, cause that can be a, the tough part with like, I try and find stuff through Instagram too, but then I feel like I'm getting trapped in the tourist traps. You know, so like when you're traveling, like how many, like, like I still am interested in the tourist traps, you know, like I still, I'm like, what's the hype about, you know, but like, how do you, like, will you purposely avoid that? Or like, how do you? So uh, it's actually a good question. So I've, I've started to, even on Instagram too, I'll share a lot more tips that are kind of off the beaten path. So when we're traveling somewhere, you know, if I stumble on something and people don't really know about it, I'll share the details of how we got there. I'll share tips. I'll tag, you know, a tea house that I loved when, you know, we were, I was traveling for, through Vietnam. And um, I mean, even just, you know, she put together a guide for Paros, one of the Greek islands. And you just got a message like yesterday she had dropped a pin on Google Maps yeah. on this amazing beach we had found with no one else. And within a, it was like a day trip to the other, an other island, that's, but it's only like a 15-minute uh, ferry ride. And it was, it was impossible to explain to someone. So I basically, on the travel guide, basically you know, gave people the exact pin location on Google Maps. I explained how to get there. And I got a message from someone yesterday that just made my day because she said they went on a hunt for it, found it. And they were, with the exception of one other couple that was there, they had it all to themselves. And she sent me photos. Of That's it. amazing. Um, so it's really just about, you know, like, again, I, I always share the information when I can. Like, I don't leave anything out of the travel guides. If I say that it was hard to get somewhere, I put it in there. If I if I have the exact Google Maps coordinates and I have to share that just to get you guys there, I'll <laughs> yeah. do it. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, and I love that. It's like, for anybody listening, like you guys are a great resource. Like that, if you're planning a trip, like looking at these pre-made guides or like yeah. they're worth their weight in gold, you know, like so awesome. Yeah. Well, I was going to say too, I think something that I struggled with actually the most when we were planning our road trip through Europe is I would, I would often find guides that were all the tourist traps mm-hmm. or I'd find beautiful photos and I wouldn't find information. So when we created the blog, that was my goal is like, how can yeah. I make sure that I'm showing photos that are inspiring people that, you know, maybe they don't even know they want to go to Japan yet, but they're looking through these photos and they're inspired and all the information's right there. So that was kind of my goal when we started that. Yeah. Yeah. I I always have friends that reach out to me now whenever they're going somewhere they know we've been. Uh, And they'll always ask the same question. They always say, I saw Selena's guide. Is there anywhere else I should go that you guys didn't include because you didn't want to tell people about it? I'm like, 
No, she actually puts everything <laughs> we would want you to That's see. That's the whole That's point. That's the entire reason she made the <laughs> yeah. guy. Literally. Ben, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. But I mean, like, that is so helpful, like, to, to have that. Because, yeah, like, I feel like that is the way to travel is, like, find somebody who has been there before. Like, whenever I travel, that is what I, I try and do. I try and, like, find my friends who, like, have been there and can, like, yeah. tell me the shit. So, like, you guys are just doing that on a massive scale, which is awesome. Uh, while we're on the subject of like, you know, traveling on a budget and trying to like make it like a little bit more affordable for people, what about food? Because food can also be like a huge cost, especially you guys. I mean, you traveled for three months. Like you're not exactly like cooking, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're spending money on like every meal. So how, do you guys have any hacks for that? <sighs> well, I would say if you get an Airbnb and it has even a kitchenette, like we've definitely cooked while yeah. on the road. You know, when we were traveling for three months, we did a lot of cooking. Because it was kind of endless. Yeah. And you can yeah. only eat out you, so much. You, you, can only, you start to get like sick. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. And then I'll know, I, in terms of finding restaurants, I feel like you do a really good job of finding more local places that don't target tourist audiences. So the prices tend to be I'm more trying to fair. I'm how I'd explain how I do that. But I... I just, you know, I, I never, I, like I said, I never choose like the top ones like that show up first. Cause I usually know that there's a reason they're showing up first. And I tend, honestly, now when we're traveling the most, I tend to actually ask wherever we're staying. And I specifically say to them, you know, like we don't, we don't want to go anywhere. That's a tourist trap. I want to go somewhere with the local food. Maybe I'll look up what the local food is and I'll tell them I want like this type of place. And I want it to be kind of away from the main area and I'll take those recommendations and I'll try them. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. You're also a bit of like a trip advisor savant. Like, <laughs> like I will, she'll ask me like pick a place for dinner and I'll read through reviews and I'll find a place and she'll look in and 30 seconds like, this is not a good choice. You know, I don't, I don't volume of reviews yeah. I go by the reviewers because if they're you know I actually read through the reviews and I'll pick like three and, and if I'll look at their profile and I'll see like what else they're reviewing and if they're in depth and you know if they're complaining about service I don't care I want like good food so yeah I, I go more by like the person that's writing it and the trustworthiness of that than I do by the volume I think which, or star rating or whatever I feel like you're saying this now and I'm gonna pick a horrible place next time no knock on wood she has a seriously good track record here so oh, gosh. I almost feel like that's kind of like a skill you just get good at yeah. you know like if you're like you can kind of navigate those waters because yeah. sometimes I look at TripAdvisor and I'm like oh my god information overload yeah I yeah. can't you know what I was you're saying that I also thought of another idea because this is like kind of new to the travel world but I I have found it so helpful. Like now, whenever I'm traveling somewhere, I'll use like the Instagram sticker and be like, anybody been here? Like, mm -hmm. what's a good spot to go? And then like people will write. Cause that's like, it's so, it's so easy. Yeah. I mean, social media makes it like so yeah. much easier to connect. Yeah. To that's, these that's days. actually how I traveled in Vietnam too. I was asking people for food recommendations and I got so many good ones. I actually did a post um, a day later in my feed that literally detailed out every single uh, food recommendation that people had sent me. Oh, that's and then, awesome. You know, where to find it if they mentioned mentioned where like the place was to get it. And people just love that. And yeah. I think it's, it's nice when you can share that little, those little tidbits of information because it's easier for someone to save that on their Instagram and refer to it later on. So, so yeah. good. So we're talking about traveling in this episode and something that is just not talked about enough is traveling with anxiety or depression or any other mental health issues that can hit when you're away from your comfort zone on vacay. Look, shit happens. And I know firsthand that even if you're on a beautiful beach or having great time with friends, your mental health can still be a factor, especially if you're off your typical routine or if you're like me, especially when you're traveling on airplanes. Ugh. Airports for me in general are just like breeding grounds for anxiety. But that's what's so great about BetterHelp. It's that you can access a licensed therapist at any time, wherever in the world you are, as long as you have Wi-Fi. You don't need to go into a physical appointment. Everything is done securely online, which not to mention can also be way more affordable than going to traditional in-person therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And that's why I'm so pumped to have a special offer for our listeners to get 10% off your first month of therapy. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash big kid. That's better help like H-E-L-P slash big kid and take charge of your mental health no matter where you are today. Well, now that we're in summer, do you guys have any favorite? I know you mentioned you guys travel off season, which is 
really smart and actually I'm like rethinking everything. <laughs> um, but for the summer months and maybe like early fall, like do you guys have any favorite spots? Cause sometimes like some of my favorite spots, I like don't like to go in the summer cause it's like too crowded or too hot. So maybe you guys know some hidden gems. So I was going to say, you know, when we did our road trip three years ago, we saw more of Europe than I think we'd ever seen in such a short amount of time. We did what? 6,000 kilometers. Yeah. It was something like 13 countries and yeah. Wow. But a couple of our favorites that are so reasonable still, and then are, I think relatively unknown. Slovenia was actually one of our favorites, Mm -hmm. mostly because we had no expectations. We just, we were driving through Italy and we were heading to Croatia and I wanted to kind of see as much as possible. So at the time I planned a trip to Slovenia with, you know, kind of, barely any expectations. And it turned out to just be one of my favorite countries to this day. Oh, wow. Like the, the, the place we started out at is called Lake Bled and it's this just beautiful, like picturesque um, cathedral on the water. There's a castle overlooking it. And then half an hour from there, there's like a really, I don't know, trendy design centric uh, old town, I'd say. Yeah. And that's kind of gritty when you're entering it. But then as soon as you get into the inside, there's also like a the beautiful city castle center. and the city center is incredible. Um, there's, you know, like I think it was the 17th century castle built into like a cliffside. Everything was so cheap there. I think we spent $25 a night at our Airbnb. And we went to like a five-star restaurant. And I think between the two of us for three courses must have been spent $60 at the time. There was just no one around and we had it all to ourselves. And I'm starting to see it more and more, but, you know, finding those places is so great. Like Slovenia was like that. Uh, Montenegro was like that. Also Mm. still relatively unknown. Macedonia. Macedonia, no one knows about. Yeah. Really like Northern Greece. I think the Balkans in general are probably the most affordable, beautiful destinations we've been to. I mean, the food was great. People were really friendly. Our stays were so unique, had a lot of character, but were really comfortable and nice. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we were able to travel for a few months and spend relatively, you know, a small amount of money. Yeah. So that was great. And I, and I, it's been three years and I already want to go back and that's saying a lot because I think, you know, when I want to return somewhere, it's, it's special and Slovenia was special and I, I really enjoyed Croatia and Montenegro too. So. Oh, Croatia and Island thinking. were great. Yeah. 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 Croatia has always been on my list, but yes. I haven't made it yet, but yeah. it's definitely coming soon. <laughs> For sure soon. You know what I think is cool? Like you, obviously you guys travel together. Have you, have you ever had to do like solo travel or like, is it mostly together? So we usually always travel together. Funny enough though, the trip I did to Vietnam, I referenced was with a good girlfriend of mine um, who I went with her to Indonesia and Thailand seven years ago. And she just really wanted to go to Vietnam, Cambodia, and he couldn't make it. He had something overlapping and I just was like, I'll go. And so I ended up going (laughs) on the trip with her and we planned it together using Google flights and an Excel doc. Cause she, she's living in LA and I was in New York. So we would have like three chats on the phone before the trip and basically plan it that way and go together. And it's fun. It's great to do girls yeah, trips as well too. For sure. Yeah. I was wondering if you had like tips for like the different types of trips. Cause usually like the trip you take with like your girlfriends mm-hmm. is going to be like a little different than the one you take with your, your boo. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Cause it, you can adapt the trip to what you want. Like I didn't, I would never have thought Vietnam would be the place to go on a girl's trip, but you know, we were able to get like $10 massages in Vietnam and we, you know, we like just planned our trip with what we wanted to eat and we just like strolled the city and it was, it was great. I went on, I went, blah, went shopping much more than I usually do. Jacob. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, what are, what I are think, you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> I think just like choosing, you know, what your priorities are, like maybe it's three priorities, maybe it's relaxation. And that means, you know, getting a massage and, or maybe it's, you know, shopping with girlfriend or checking out cute cafes, or maybe it's just kind of like lounging on the beach. As long as you have those priorities laid out in advance, it makes it a lot easier to kind of relax on the trip and kind of get everything you want to see done too. Yeah. So fun. When you guys are traveling together, together, do you ever uh, have arguments or like any tips for couples traveling, like who might not be used to like some of the, cause traveling can sometimes be like, not straining, but like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It can sometimes, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, we we traveled full time. We were living out of a suitcase for eight months last year. Yeah. So if we didn't fight, I would be seriously worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what's going on? Here? Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh. tough. Like there's there's times I think you get, you know, frustrated. You're in each other's space. But I, it's also like you have to acknowledge that you're both in the same boat. Um, you're in the same position. And yeah, I'll know. I, work it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just also have to be adaptable. You know, it's like. I think one of the hardest parts about traveling for extended periods of time um, together is if you're an introvert, you get no space to yourself. 
Yeah. And so constantly having someone else be in your personal space can be a challenge. So like yeah. being mindful of like your partner and what they need. If they if they need like some time to themselves to just relax a little bit, kind of making that happen, I think yeah. is really important. But then I also think, you know, like being really present with one another during the experiences when traveling is so huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all our favorite memories, all our favorite places we've been to, I think it was because we were there together and got to like share that together versus doing it alone. Yeah. It's so, it's funny too. I mean, I feel like you guys have a very good like travel balance too. Like you like, you know, like you like to go with flow. Like you like to like plan. plan. Yeah. Like you need that. Like my um, boyfriend is, is the planner and I usually travel with him. So I'm just used to like showing up and seeing with you, like being like, all right, what do, what do we got? What country are we in mm-hmm. today? And like, but I've gone in with girlfriends and like both of us are like that. And then like, we're like, great, we're going to get taken. You're you just know? lost. Yeah. Everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Like this is not, we're never coming home. <laughs> um, no, I think that's, that's fun. I mean, I know I'm not the best travel planner, but if there is one thing I do get right when I'm traveling, it's packing my morning recoveries. Yes, even I am good at remembering those because I do not want to end up in a situation where I go out at night and then like can't enjoy the next day because I'm sluggish and feeling shitty. Morning Recoveries, for anyone who doesn't know, is this little drink that helps your body detox, rehydrate, and bounce back faster from a night of drinking. And it has ingredients like DHM, vitamin B and C, amino acids, and many other nutrients to just help your body recover faster and boost your liver function. They also come in these little mini bottles that are perfect for travel size. I mean, how perfect is that? Um, If you want to try morning recovery, now is the time. And I have a 20% off code for our listeners. Just go to morelabs.com slash big kid and then use code big kid at checkout. Again, that's morelabs.com slash big kid. I also have it linked in our show notes if you just want to click on it. And uh, then use code big kid at checkout. One thing I don't know about you guys when you, well, I mean, you guys are, I want to know, Selena, how you've managed to get this man to like take cute photos of you because that (laughs) seems to be for me, like when I'm traveling, like that's the thing that I get pissed off about. I'm like, we're in the most beautiful places in the world. And like, you take like a blurry photo. That's like half of my face. Like why? I think it's, (laughs) I'm just laughing. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. I think the reality is like, you know, it's so funny. I've had a lot of people also say to me, you know, you're so lucky, like your husband's a photographer because he, you know, he did film and uh, photography in school. And I, I've always been into photography too, but it doesn't necessarily mean everything's like, you know, peaches and all rosy all the time. Like, you know, I'll hold a camera up and I'll take a photo of something and I'll kind of hand it to him and, and I'll be like, okay, this is, you know, what I'm looking for. And I hand the camera to him and he takes the photo and I walk over and I'm like, why does it look so different? I'm like, oh, right. You're over a foot taller than me. You know? yeah. it just does, it, like there's just times that that yeah. happens, but I think, um, I don't know, like, I think being able to work together and like be creative with it and knowing that, you know, if there's, for example, if there's one shot that I really want to get, I make sure like he helps me get that shot and yeah. then he can take whatever shots he wants, you know? And I think that's important too, is like, you want to be able to give the creativity and the freedom to your partner as well yeah, as he does to me too. So yeah, I think that's a good thing to do though, is like, you're saying like you set up the shot. Like yeah. that's actually genius. Like I, I will, like, I'm going to take that away and be like, <laughs> look, like we're going to do this, make, make sure it's not just like half my face in the photo. Yeah. I yeah. think that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. I think being descriptive is, as descriptive as possible and knowing that if you get that one, then the other person can go take their creative freedom yeah. and run with it. And that's yeah. Because yeah, sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, I, I can't totally imagine what she has in her head. Yeah. You know? And so her being able to just show me or explain it can really help. And, and frankly, like kind of through our travels and through doing the Instagram photos and all these different things, like my style of photography has changed. And like, it's, it's in a lot of ways just forced me to become a better photographer because <laughs> we take so many photos <laughs> yeah. and it really does feel like one of those things where practice makes you better. Yeah. And yeah. I look at my photos now compared to the photos we would take when we went on trips when we were first dating in yeah. 2013, 2014. And it's kind of crazy. It's funny to look back. You know, we went on a trip to Iceland together. And I look back at those photos. I'm like, what a waste. Like, like I was just so bad. (laughs) That's actually, yeah, that's actually a good point. And maybe like, 
I, maybe you have some tips for the Instagram boyfriends out there on like how to take a good shot. Like what's some things you've learned? Yeah, give us. Oh man, that's hard. Um, <laughs> listen to your girlfriend. Yeah, li- li- listen, listen to your partners. Um, but I, you know, honestly, I think I think one mistake a lot of people make, or at least I made, was I tended to try and get up close too often. And I found that once I started shooting with a wider lens or took a further, you know, position myself further back, showcasing the landscape or the city or the space is really what it's all about. Yeah. And so I think kind of not being so focused on like a portrait photo, but be more focused on your partner being in that, you know, exceptionally beautiful place. You'll enjoy those photos a lot more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll never regret taking too many photos. You know, if, yeah. if you want to keep snapping and you want to like try and get something and then come back to it later on, you can do that. And I don't think we've ever regretted it because you always just learn from it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I feel like I'll give him like uh, my camera. He takes like one picture and he gives it back. I'm like, no, <laughs> minimum. He's a one like, shot wonder. Yeah, no. <laughs> like we need a minimum of like 75 photos of me in this post. Um, no, I think that's really helpful. Actually, I'm like glad we got onto that topic. Uh, I'm going to get into some some questions for you guys for some recommendations. But real quick, I'm curious, like what's your what's your favorite place you've ever been and what's your least favorite place you've ever been? Well, like- Want to start with favorite? Yeah, but I, I'm trying to think of what category too, because I think there's just like, there's just so many, you know, yeah. it's so hard to choose just one place. But if I had to choose one, I, I guess I'd have to choose Amsterdam because that's where we moved to. Like when we moved mm. abroad, it was, it was like the city that stole my heart. Yeah. Um, I just love like the atmosphere. I love the people. I love the canals. It's so photogenic. It's so charming. Every time I tell someone we moved there, they're like, oh man, I went there. And everyone did the same like college trip where they're like, I went there for two days and I loved yeah. it. And I didn't think I was going to like it. And then smoked they a bunch all of pot. Go that. Yeah. Yep. Like, just partied like, for two days. Like, yeah. Besides that, it was amazing. And I want to go back. And it's really funny. You know, like everyone says that, but it really is like a spectacular city to live in. So that, yeah, that's at the top for me. And I you guess. can have such different experiences. Like yeah. you can go to that city and never go into a, you know, a coffee shop and you can never go partying and have an incredible. Shop, is there like, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am aware. <laughs> we all know. Yeah. But the, I mean, there's incredible museums. There's incredible restaurants. There's. But is Amsterdam your favorite? Or do you have a different favorite? I, I mean, I, for me, Kauai will just always be my favorite. It's where I proposed. It's where we got married. And I think it's my favorite place. And not just because we got married. (laughs) It's like just my favorite place in the world. But yeah, least favorite's hard. I I know my least favorite travel moment we've had. What's that? that? Yeah, what is that? That was Selena was, we were doing that road trip through Europe and Selena had passed out in the car. (laughs) I was responsible for the driving. And we were driving through Albania and it was the one country of the 13 that the car rental company said they would not insure the car in because there are so many auto thefts. Yeah. yeah there's so many car thefts. Yeah. So we were originally going to stay overnight. We, I had found this cute town. I found it on Pinterest actually. And we were going to stay there. And then we found out that they would not insure our car. And we were like, that's silly. Like they can't be that much. And we started researching it and we were like, hmm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's a little more to this <laughs> than we realized. So we had to drive through. Which was yeah. like six hours. Uh-huh. And I, I've just, I've never driven somewhere where it felt like there were no rules of the road at all. <laughs> and no one was obeying lanes. No one was obeying red lights. Oh, that's um, scary. Yeah, and I was just, and Selena was just passed out. <laughs> and I was like having an internal panic attack for six hours. You're like, you got, the, remember all those times I planned all of our trips? <laughs> yeah, payback. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Want to know my least favorite? What was your least favorite? Amsterdam. No! Yeah. Why? I had a really bad experience in Amsterdam. <laughs> We're going to have to take you back. So that yeah, no. I actually saw in your video on your website, I think, I think it was Amsterdam where you were ice skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the river. like uh, Yeah, the canals froze over. I was like, that looks incredible. Too bad I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to change that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to look at your guide next oh, time. <laughs> also, like, sorry, I'm asking you guys so many questions, but I feel like we're getting good stuff here. I'm sorry. Okay. Last one before we go into our travel guide. Biggest lesson you've ever learned traveling? I think for me, like one of the biggest things I think I've learned over the years is to be open to new experiences, but also be smart about who you're trusting when you're meeting strangers and engaging in foreign countries. And like, 
recognize that in certain situations, you'll be a target as a tourist, whether that's being swindled for a cab ride or something else. So I think just being like smart and not putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> What do you think? You, no, you're like, no. I, it, honestly, it's really hard to say. I think, I think what I've learned over the years is like, you know, there's so much travel content out there now. And so many people are, you know, blogging. So many people are sharing photos. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like pressure almost to, to share so much of what you're doing, but you do, definitely do get lost in it. And I think what tends to happen too, and I saw this most recently when we were in Jaipur in India is people tend to go to the same places over and over again. Um, and I think there's just going to be some places that you have to see, like you can't miss the Taj Mahal when you go to India. It's, you know, it's incredible and it, it really does live up to the hype. But something that we found about Jaipur is there was kind of like the main five places everyone was going to. And it was so crowded. And the final last day we were there, um, we were chatting with a local who said there's over 5,000 temples in Jaipur. And I don't even know if that number is right, but I finally looked it up and I saw the map and there are thousands. And so we, the last day we went to three that no one had really heard of and they were just empty and they were just as incredible as the last ones. And those experiences are just the ones that you take back with you. Yeah. Experiencing yeah. a place that's empty and that doesn't feel like, you know, you were beating the crowd through to see it is so important and it makes yeah. all the difference. And yeah. It totally transforms yeah. the experience. So I think have a plan, but just like, don't be afraid to break the plan either. So yeah. I think that's my biggest yeah. lesson. And one thing Selena's been really good about when we travel is she gets both of us on a really early sleep schedule. <laughs> but it's it's actually amazing because like going to these places at sunrise. Yeah. And there being literally no one else. I mean, when we went to the Taj Mahal, yeah. we were the first two people through the gate. And that was totally different from an hour later when there were 10,000 people. This was also 4 a.m. So. I was going to say, I'm like, so, what time did yes. you have to get there to be the first? Yeah. What, I think we got in line at 5 and it opened at 6. I think it was, it might have been 4.30. Anyway, it was really early. Yeah. I, I usually don't do that early, but yeah. for the Taj Mahal. Yeah, when we do a trip, like there's going to be two or three mornings that I want to do early. Yeah. And I think, I think that's great to do that if you can. I honestly never heard of that. I feel like that's really good advice. Yeah. Use use the jet lag to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Okay. Well, I'm gonna take um some of your expertise to good use and we're gonna play not really a game, but I'm gonna have like I have different because I feel like people travel with like intentions, you know, like some people wanna go and like party hard, some people wanna go and like try and, you know, find their husband, whatever it is, or like, I feel like a lot of people have intentions when they're traveling. So I'm going to tell you the intention and you guys tell me where you would recommend traveling to. I like this. I feel like we're going to have very different answers. (laughs) Can't wait. I kind of want to play too. Um, All right. But I'll ask you guys. All right. The intention is you want the most bang for your buck. Where would you recommend? Slovenia. Yeah. I was going to say Slovenia or Montenegro. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those oh, are awesome. Yeah. What would I say? Oh, I, I think I, I have much less travel experience than these two, but I feel like Thailand. <laughs> Thailand's great too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Single. Actually, I'm, we're just going to keep this, you guys. I'm going to cut myself out of this. <laughs> um, all right. Next intention. Single and ready to mingle. Ooh. Um, I'd say one of the Greek islands and probably Eos. I haven't personally been. Eos or Mykonos. They're crazy there. They're crazy, but it's like, it's fun. So I think that would be the place to go. Are those two I think Greek I'm on board with that. Yeah. Because worst case scenario is you end up having an amazing trip to the Greek islands. Yeah, yeah that's very true. <laughs> That is interesting. I was going to see if there was like, if you're trying to meet guys versus trying to meet girls, like if there was a difference. But okay, Greek Isles. I haven't tried to meet girls since day one. (laughs) Yeah. You proposed on day one. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Perfect. Um, Okay, the intention is you want to solo travel. Mine would be Europe. I just think like backpacking through Europe, the train system, public transportation. We've we've been saying all Europe places. I like Europe. I, I know, we both really love Europe. I almost feel like Iceland would be incredible Ooh, to do by yourself. Yeah. It's, it's safe. It's just road tripping, I think, would be like kind of exhausting if you're doing like the full drive around the island. But like Iceland's incredible and like experiencing like natural wonders and waterfalls and like crazy glacier lagoon. Like you can't really beat that. Yeah. Like, it's a I, life-changing trip. I have a friend, Brandon, who's currently doing a solo trip around South America. It'll be, I think, a year and all when he's done and he's loved it. And he's found kind of these programs and tour groups that'll put them together with strangers mm. and he's ended up making like some really close friends so i think South you know America, what those were called 
I don't. I okay. don't remember. I'm going to circle back with you. Yeah. And if you find out, I'll put it in our show notes. Because I remember, I think my brother's done a couple of those. Yeah. And I've heard that there are some that are like kind of cheesy. Yeah. But other ones that are really good. Really solid. So I actually yeah. think that's like a yeah, great what it is. thing to put in show notes. That's awesome. I'm going to throw my pick in there too. Because um, I just went to Japan last year solo. And it was awesome because like, it's so safe and it runs really easy. Like, even though like I don't speak Japanese, like I could figure out the subway, like I could barely figure out the subway in New York. <laughs> so like if I can do it, anybody can do it. And like, it was really easy to pick out like other Western travelers and like anybody who was Western, like you'd walk into a restaurant and like, anybody else would who looked like a Western traveler would be like, hey, where are you traveling from? Like people were just very eager to make friends. Yeah. So that's Where all did one. you go in Japan? I was there for a month. It actually wasn't supposed to be a solo trip. I was supposed to go with my now fiance, but he uh, blew out his leg like a week before the trip. Oh. Yeah. So I was like- So you bailed so, on him. Yeah. <laughs> sushi for two. Yeah. I did. I really did. I really did. Um, okay, next intention. If you want the best Instagram pics, Oh man. Ooh, India was pretty great. Cause India, like you're taking photos of everything. I couldn't put my camera down when we were in India. I mean, there's just so much to like look at and see. What are you thinking? You you look like you have some. I'm gonna say Iceland. I think Iceland was just we the most Iceland, pho- it's so photogenic. Because <laughs> I well, and also I love landscapes. And I just don't think I've been to a country with such incredibly diverse and beautiful landscapes it's and true. waterfalls. It is, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a European country that jumps out to me too. Flower fields. I, think, and I was actually going to say like France, you know, but the small towns in France, which is actually where we're headed this summer too, is yeah. like we're doing the, the coastline in the south of France and Ooh. the lavender fields. And I, I just feel like every time we go through France, if we're driving through and there's little towns on the coastline or there's towns, just random places. Again, we've had those to ourselves and they're uh, incredible. So, so nice. Um, we'll look forward to seeing that travel guide. <laughs> um, all right, next intention. You really need a culture fix. I'm going to go with, oh, I can't say Japan. Yes, yeah. you can. Can I? <laughs> yeah. That, it's still on the table. Yeah, it's on the table. I'm going to go with Japan. I'm, to me, Japan was probably one of my favorite ever travel experiences. Um, like you said, like everyone's so friendly. They're excited to like engage with tourists. And it felt so different Like to yeah. go somewhere that was a real shift in the way you interact with the people around you. I really enjoy I'm going to really throw a wrench in this. Somewhere like you would never think of. I'm going to say Cook Islands oh, just yeah. because, so no one really knows where the Cook Islands are. I was just going to ask where are the Cook Islands are. Yeah, it's so funny. They're between, um, so they're halfway between like, would you say like Bora Bora, Tahiti and Fiji? Yeah, they're, be, they're down in French Polynesia. Um, so like, in, I think they're two hours northeast of New Zealand. Yeah, and they just started, so they started doing about a year and a half ago round trip flights from LA, um, oh. direct flights there. And the islands, I mean, so we saw photos before we went, but we had no expectations again when we got there and it just blew it out of the water. And like every local person we talked to, we were best friends with. It was just mm-hmm. like, it was just such an amazing atmosphere. Like the beaches were completely untouched. It felt like if you had taken Hawaii and Bora Bora and combined them and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't massive resorts because they have a law that you can't build a hotel taller than a coconut tree. So <sighs> like the culture was just great. Like the people were amazing. The food was delicious. So like hands down, I loved yeah. that experience. I, Selena describes it as if Kauai and Tahiti had a baby. <laughs> and yeah. I, that's like my favorite description because it's so true. <laughs> I think it really like captures it. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd never heard of that. And I'm, Definitely Googling the second you guys leave here. All right. If your intention is to party hard. Barcelona. I'm going to say Yacht Week in Croatia. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yacht Week in Croatia. <laughs> yeah. I, we haven't done that, but I've. It, we almost did it last year. and We ended up not doing the trip. But, yeah. yeah. Well, but we've had a couple of friends who've done it who yeah. all loved it. Also, yeah. It looks. Fest. Oh, <gasps> yeah. I changed my answer. Uh, <laughs> I, that is high up on my bucket list. We, we really Pretzels and beer. That. Can't it go wrong. It is way bigger than you ever expect there was there's millions of people who go i mean it who is not through. it is like we entered one side of the quote-unquote rounds and it took us half an hour to get to a tent like it's <gasps> huge so yeah and it's also be ready more... to have a lot of beer and pretzels yeah i'm i was born ready yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just want to wear lederhosen too that yeah so fun <laughs> okay if your intention is to get romantic where is our most romantic place i feel like i have two okay you go then I was gonna say Prague. Ooh, yeah. And then I was gonna say Santorini. And so yeah. Prague and the Czech Republic, yeah, yeah, is a great one. Also, Budapest is also mm. wonderful too in Hungary. 
I also found to be really romantic because it's just like a very old city and it's overlooking a river and it kind of has almost like Parisian vibes, but you get yeah. that part of like Eastern Europe and you don't really see. Those yeah. are both great. Yeah. And then Santorini is hard to go wrong. I mean, you're you're in the Greek islands. The buildings are picturesque. The sunsets are incredible. Ooh, I have one more. Austria, the oh. one of our favorite towns we've ever been to. Again, this was so random. Like no one had heard of it at the time. What's the name of the town? I'm trying to remember. I just I completely starts with on. an S. Salzburg, Salzburg in Austria. We did years and years and years ago. This was like seven years ago. We actually like locked a love lock on the bridge. Uh. When we were first dating. So if anyone goes, if you see a red love lock, then S plus J, let us know. But yeah, it's, it's just a very picturesque town. Uh, it was where the, the movie Sound of Music was essentially like. Oh, wow. Came from too. So it, it, it's a very romantic, picturesque place. I believe Mozart's childhood home is there. Fun fact. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, okay, this is our last intention. If you want to get off the grid. I mean, probably Cook Island. <laughs> um, Whew. Yeah, it's true. You can't even really get Wi-Fi there. Yeah, it's that's that sounds like my one. nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one. I, you know, to some degree, I'd say Finland. Like Finland for me really felt, or actually, me Sweden. Uh oh, I don't know. Well, we did a so we did like a winter trip in Finland. We went for to see the Northern Lights, which we ended up not seeing, but it still was one of our favorite trips ever. And you, I mean, we went in the snow and we went like on, like we went on a ship to like go through the Arctic Sea. We was like, we went with like saw reindeer. We did like um, dog sledding sledding. over frozen lakes. You're not like, sounds amazing. Yeah. It was just, it was winter wonderland to the extreme. And definitely we're not checking our phone for most of that trip. (sighs) And then when we were in West Sweden, we did an experience called the 72 hour glass cabins, which is where you stay in this. It's like 10 feet by eight feet, just fits a bed all glass walls and a glass roof in the woods in West Sweden, in the forest. That sounds crazy. Both of these, of course, I have travel guides for. So yeah. definitely, yeah, those are, I think, actually two of my favorite experiences. Yeah. I'm going to need to see photos of that immediately. <laughs> it was incredible. Was and it kind of scary? No, for some reason it wasn't. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was incredible. Well, there's curtains you can close at night. So yeah. Like, if you want to, you can. But like, I mean, you were laying in bed looking at just hundreds of stars. It was Wow. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So cool. Well, you guys, if um, if anybody else wants to be a travel blogger or travel the world like you guys have, do you have any advice? I would say, you know, I think, like I said before, there's a lot of people that are kind of getting into this industry, but that doesn't mean that you don't have something to offer. I think it's just staying true to yourself and knowing what you want to do. And for me, that was, you know, I've to this day, the the core of like our blog is, you know, putting together these travel guides and making sure that they're just as inspiring as they are informative. And people know us for that now. And I think that's important. And they know that we've um, done most of Europe and then they come back for those guides. And I think that's important. And, you know, some people will choose a different niche and there's always something that you have to offer. So don't be afraid to, to figure it out, but also, you know, be dedicated to that. Yeah. It's your passion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'd say when it comes to photography, like don't, feel like that's a barrier because honestly, it, it really is just a matter of practicing and doing it. Yeah. And as long as you stick with it and take tens of thousands of photos and just do it. Which like, we do. Yeah. Which we do. Thousands of photos. Yeah. Um, you'll, you know, you'll start to fall in love with it. Are you listening, Brandon? Tens of thousands of photos. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the travel episode. And where, what, what's on your bucket list? Where haven't you been yet that you really want to go? I think the top of our bucket list right now is doing a road trip in Norway. So we keep pushing that one back. So hopefully we'll make it there soon. And what's another one that we have? I'd love to see Brazil. And I'd love to see Nepal. Oh, yeah. seems like you got a couple more on the list. Yeah, there's, it's never ending. Never ending. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your travel wisdom and anybody listening. I hope you guys get some good, some good travel tips from this and you have some good adventures this summer. Uh, if anybody else wants to find you, where can we, where can we, where can we scout your stuff? Uh, so our blog is finduslost.com and then Instagram at finduslost. And of course, we're on all the other places. Those are my favorite too. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. 
Wow. I hope you guys loved that episode and have some ideas of where you want to go to next. I want to give a big, big shout out to Selena and Jacob for being on our final episode of the summer series. Yes, I know this little summer series went by so fast and I really felt like we were just hitting our groove, but don't worry. We will be back in a few weeks for our full-fledged season two. And you probably realize this summer series, we kept it light. We kept it fun. Uh, but season two gets real and we're covering some big, big topics and have some really great episodes coming your way. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and promise me you'll come back. Okay. Um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, you can still catch up on season one and please, if if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode, this is the part where I beg you to share it with your friends, post it on your IG stories, or maybe just write a nice little review. It makes a huge difference and helps this little show grow. And one quick little housekeeping note for me, if you are a Big Kid Problems fan, I have a brand new calendar out on Amazon that is a culmination of all my favorite Big Kid Problems from the last eight years and a ton of new exclusive material. So if you like to laugh or need a gift for somebody who likes to laugh, snag it on Amazon. Um, I've linked it in our show notes, so it's easy to find. Uh, I'll also be giving away a few calendars and all you have to do is leave Leave a nice review for the podcast and then DM me a screenshot so I know it's you and I'll be picking a few winners over the next few weeks before our season two. So it could be you. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the summer series these last few weeks and spending your hour with me. I hope you had fun. I know I did. And I also know there are a ton of ways you can spend this time. So just know that I really am honored and hope to have you back in the fall. Until then, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems or my personal Sarah A. Merrill underscore or check out the Big Kid Problems blog. Have the best summer, you guys. Wear your sun screen, make some bad decisions, and I'll meet you back here in a few weeks to help you clean up the mess. Uh, See you then.